Welcome everyone to Idiots with Idioms, home of the Carpathian Hair. I'm your co-host, Ethan Arsh, joined as always by my partner in idiocy, Marcello DiGiorgi. Uh, on today's episode, today is a mini episode, so it's just Marcello and I here, and on today's episode, we're discussing baseball. And baseball is really, really in the lexicon and in the fabric of American English in particular, and there's tons of idioms that have found their way from the world of baseball into the world of language and the world of general, generally used language and vernacular. So we're looking forward to getting into that. Before I go any further, I'm going to hand it over to Marcello, who will explain the format of today's episode, because we're doing something that's just a little bit different. Thank you, Ethan, and welcome, everyone. I must admit that I'm not a baseball expert. So what I did is I dig into this topic and I try to find as many idioms as possible that refer to the sport. What we're going to do is I'm going to try to strike out Ethan, asking him a series of idioms and seeing if he knows what they mean. This is going to be tough because I really like idioms and I really like baseball. So I'm hoping I know all of them, but but we'll see. There's really, really a lot of idioms for baseball. And let me just tell you that I have some curveballs for you. No, good one. That's good. <laughs> so before we get into the idioms and before I take my take my at bat of trying to avoid striking out. Marcello, you looked into how baseball came to become a sport anyway, and it's got a bit of a quirky history to it. Indeed. Indeed, I found out that there is quite an interesting story behind the origins of baseball because it was uh, a matter of controversy between England and the US. Ball games have always been there. English columns had always played cricket and uh, rounders, which is a, basically a version of baseball with different rules and uh, with sticks instead of uh, backs for the bases. A commission was created in the U.S. in order to establish the origins of, of baseball. This commission made up basically a story out of a, of a mail that they received about Abner Doubleday, a general who fought in the Civil War and it was believed to have created the sport. Nowadays, it is quite clear that baseball is something that was generated from rounders or from other ball games. But the fact that this uh, commission, the Mills Commission, created this story and the fact that this story was extremely popular in a way because uh, they put a lot of effort into disseminating it has an impact on baseball history. In fact, the Baseball Hall of Fame is situated in Cooperstown, New York, which was the hometown of Abner Doubleday. All right, so let's do this. Uh, Marcello is going to pitch some idioms at me, and we will see if I know them. And just to, to everyone knows, I've not, not seen the list of idioms even once, so I will be learning about these idioms at the same time as Marcello says them. The level of uh, difficulty is going to increase steadily. 
I used one before, which is to throw a curveball, which me basically means to surprise someone with something you know unexpected as a curveball in, in baseball. But I found another one which involves throwing, with a, which I didn't know, to throw a bean ball. To throw a bean ball. Yeah. Okay. So this is when you throw the ball and try and hit the hit the batter with the ball. When the pitcher throws it towards the plate and he tries to hit the batter and the baseball it's moving for a professional it's moving 90 to 100 miles per hour or about 140 or 150 kilometers per hour so if you get hit right on with one of these it really 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 hurts and so when you throw a bean ball is when you're trying to hit your opponent with the ball uh, it's not used quite so much outside of baseball but when you throw a bean ball i think if you said that outside of baseball it would mean that you're trying to be very aggressive and attacking someone. So for instance, if you were in like a, a court proceeding and uh, someone made a very personal attack at their opponent in this court proceeding, that would be called throwing a beanball or it, it basically means the same thing as playing dirty. I have another one for you, Ethan. What is the meaning of box core and wh- where does it come from? Box core. You know what? I think I just got my first strike. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. Box score. It's an idiom that basically means a count or a summary, which comes from the chart on which game statistical details were recorded. For sure, this is applicable to various sports, but it originated in reference to baseball, the box score. Now it comes a more tricky one, which is Grand Slam. When, uh, When I read this, I immediately thought about tennis. Um, A grand slam is when you hit a home run in baseball uh, when there's three runners on base. All three of the runners get to score, plus you you get to score yourself. So when you hit a grand slam, you've scored four runs at once. Um, And of course, in baseball, we call points runs instead of points. So 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 hitting a grand slam is, is scoring four runs at once. And so it's actually really interesting. So we have hitting a grand slam in regular language and that just means hitting a home run but better right it means doing something really well but even better than really well doing something tremendously well but it also makes sense in tennis because to have a grand slam in tennis it means that you've won the four majors for the year so it's when you get four of something right so remember in tennis if you win the australian open u.s open wimbledon and french opened then you've hit it then you've had a grand slam year in tennis um, so it's it's any it's when you get all four of them. Okay, let's go to the next one, which is ninth inning. There's nine innings in, in the game, and that and each inning, both teams get to take a chance to hit. At the end of the game, if you're in the ninth inning, you're at the very end of the game, and so we see this all the time in language, um, specifically when people are saying that you're on your last chance, right? So if someone says, look, it's the bottom of the ninth, which means it's the very last part of the baseball game, it means that this is your last chance to do something or the, or your chances are up, your game's over. You see it in politics sometimes, I think, right? Like at, if a politician is at the end of their term and they're trying to do something, pass a piece of legislation, then often a pundit might say, or a political commentator might say, they're in the ninth inning, like this is their last chance to pass this this law or do this this achieve this objective before their time is up. Okay, this is interesting what you said because 
in most of the examples that I found uh, con concerning these idioms, they were referring to politics or to the news. There is a strange amount of overlap, at least in my observation. There's a strange amount of overlap between people who are in the news media and people who enjoy baseball. <laughs> and there's no, I don't know why, but it just seems that way. So you see a lot of news articles and especially political commentary that uses baseball idioms. Uh, I think it's because for some reason, political commentators love baseball uh, way more than the average person does, I think. Okay, Ethan, uh, we're done with the easy ones. Now it's time to play hardball. So now we're going to go for some idioms, which I think that they're not going to be so difficult for you, but I didn't have a clue what they meant when, uh, when I found them. For example, a ballpark figure. Okay, this I'm going to take a half strike on this one because a ballpark figure, or if you say in the ballpark, it means you're close to the, what, the correct amount, but you're not sure. Uh, you often see it for something like, oh, how long will it take me to get to this place? If you say, oh, I'm driving over to your house for mine, how long do you think it will take? And the person might, other person might say, I would say ballpark 30 minutes. And all that means is I estimate 30 minutes. So all ballpark figure means is it's an estimate. So the reason I'm taking a half strike on this one is because I have no idea how, what the relationship is. Why is it that a ballpark figure as means something that's close to the mark, but not right on. What is a ballpark? Is it the stadium? Oh yeah, the ballpark is the, is the stadium where you play baseball. It's just a colloquialism for, for a baseball stadium. Okay, maybe we'll dig into the origins of this idiom and uh, get back to our listeners, to our social media. Let's see. Another one, which I know that it's used quite commonly, but which I didn't really know it was linked to, to baseball, is to touch base. Oh, yeah. So people love this one, right? It's, you, you hear it really often, again, in workplaces. So let's touch base on that project. We'll touch base next week. You hear it all the time, I think, if you're around, the, if you're around an office. What it means in baseball is if you're standing on a base, you can't be called out, right? So there's three bases on the baseball field. And in baseball, if you're standing on a base, you can't be at. So when you say let's touch base, you mean let's get on the same page. Um, and the baseball equivalent, of course, would be if you were tagged by the ball while you were off a base, you'd be out. So, but if you're touching base, you're safe. You can't be, you can't be out and you're free to uh, relax, basically. Okay, thank you for explaining me this one. I couldn't, I couldn't see the connection actually not knowing the sport so so well i would say even if you know the sport it's still a tenuous connection it's really i mean the the way that baseball language has just seeped into american english it's sometimes a little bit hard to track i found another one which was quite uh, nice i would say which is to bat a thousand ah uh, yeah so in baseball there's a, a batting average which is just the amount of times that you take an attempt at hitting and when so you get up to the plate and you you have your turn to bat and if you are successful then it's a hit and if you're unsuccessful it's an out 
So you're getting a batting average, which is the number of times you get a hit over the number of attempts divided by the number of attempts. And so if I had have four attempts at hitting and on two of them, I get a hit, then I would be batting 500 because it's point, it's actually 0.500. So if you're batting a thousand, what they really means is you're batting 1.000 because uh, of course, number divided by itself is one. So you're batting 1.000 because you've gotten a hit in every time you've, you've attempted to get a hit. And what it means is that you're, it means that you're perfect. It just means if you're batting a thousand, it means that you can't do anything wrong. So if you're just on an incredible hot streak, you'd say, oh, you're batting a thousand. Then we have another one, which uh, I had no clue what it meant. I think it's going to have a cooler explanation. A rain check. What is a rain check? This is a great one. I actually looked this up earlier. This is cheating because I wouldn't know it otherwise. So you, you prepared for this? No, no, no. I looked it up a while ago. Um, as a potential uh, idiom for our social media, but I didn't know. I did. I but now it's coming in handy. I didn't use it for social media, and now we I have it for now. So you almost got me with that one, but not quite. Uh, so a rain check is they don't do this anymore, but it used to be that if you went to a baseball game and it was raining, you can't you don't play baseball in the rain. So they would cancel. They would postpone the game, and then the team, the baseball team, would give you a rain check which was a credit you could use. It was a check, right? Like a, like a check that for, for money, but it was just a check you could bring back to the game later and it would get you in for a future game. So you'd get your money back in the form of a, in the form of a rain check, which was something you, which was credit you could use for later. And you still see it used all the time in English. Um, but very few people I think know that it comes from baseball, even people who use it. So it, it means uh, use it now just to mean that we can't, you can't make something, but you'd like to do it later. So if you are scheduled to have lunch with someone, but you're stuck at the office or your car broke down or you're just not going to make it to lunch, then you'd call them and say, hey, let's take a rain check on lunch today, which just means I can't, we can't do it today, but let's do it another time. Just like if you got a rain check, it's like, we're not going to play baseball today, but you can come back and watch the game another time. The last easy idiom for you is, out of the left field. Out of left field. This is a good, this is a good idiom. Actually, I'm going to take another half strike. So I'm up to two strikes total now. But in language, out of left field means that it's something that is just out of nowhere, right? So just you, you, you didn't see it coming and you weren't expecting it, but, but it just came in out of nowhere. But, and in baseball, there are three parts of the field that we, that we refer to. There's left field, center field and right field. And what I don't know is what it means to why left field is the one that is out of nowhere, right? Why not out of right field? Why not out of center field? So this one is, I I find quite interesting. This one, I, I, even though I know how it's used in conversation and I know what left field is, I don't know the connection between out left field and baseball and out of left field in conversation. So I will accept a, a half strike on, on, this, uh, on this idiom. I checked this idiom, and there are several stories related to it. The most interesting one involves the Chicago Cubs. This story says that back in the 20, at the beginning of the 20th century, there was a mental hospital just behind 
the left field wall of the stadium of the Chicago Cubs. This is why the stadium became a synonym of out of the blue, uh, of being unexpected. As per ballpark figure, the explanation is pretty simple. A commentator would guess the number of the, of the attendees by just looking at the ballpark. So that is why this means to, you know, to guess or to give a half precise estimation of what's going on. I tested you, but you stepped up to the plate. Now let's go on with the really difficult ones. This is major league time. Are you ready to listen to the most difficult idioms that I found? I'm ready, you know, why not? Let's do it. Go ahead and explain to our audience what is a Charlie horse. Oh, this is really hard. <laughs> When I said I was ready, I thought I wasn't, okay. A Charlie horse is just a really bad cramp. So if you say I have a Charlie horse, it means that you have a problem with your leg. And so if you're if you hurt your leg and you can't really walk too well, you'd say, oh, I, I got a Charlie horse. Where does it come from? I think I remember vaguely where it comes from. So I think it means that there was a player or a horse named Charlie, one of those two, either a person or a horse named Charlie that got hurt once and then couldn't continue uh, doing whatever they were doing. And then it begins being known as a Charlie horse to get, to have that to when you hurt your leg. Anyway, after that terrible attempt at an explanation, Marcello, could you please tell us what, where it actually comes from? The Charlie actually, horse? You're, 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 you're safe because uh, I found at least that it's, uh, it has an unknown etymology, but the interesting thing is that it has been used since the 19th century. The first uh, use that, that I found was in 1887. Wow. It basically yeah. refers to a cramp that occur especially in baseball players. Okay. I feel better then. Okay, you need this one. It's impressive. Okay, another one that I don't know whether it, this one is difficult or not. Do you know what a cleanup hitter is? Yeah, so this one's good. In baseball, whoever bats, you have nine players and they bat in order, one through nine. And whoever is batting fourth is known as the cleanup hitter. And the idea is that The first three bat the, the job of the first three batters is to try and get on base. And then the job of the cleanup hitter is to try and hit a home run so that they score as and the cleanup hitter scores as well. So the ideal situation is that your first batter gets on base, your second batter gets on base, your third batter gets on base, and then there's three batters on base, and then the cleanup hitter can hit a grand slam. So in conversation, we actually see this one used sometimes, not so commonly. But usually it's used whenever someone is like the best person on their team or the most feared person on their team or in their group, they're known as the known as the cleanup hitter. Again, I think you see it a lot in business more than more than in other formats or more than in other situations. If you're trying to sell something and your first salesperson tries to sell it and they're unsuccessful, and then your second salesperson tries to sell it and your third and all their salespeople aren't able to sell it then the manager might say, okay, I'm sending in the cleanup hitter, my very best salesperson to try and make this deal. I think that's the situation in which you would see it most. It's not so common though. Nice, Ethan, you're doing pretty well. 
Now explain to us, please, what a foot in the bucket means. Okay, this one's really, really archaic. I mean, you don't hear this anymore at all, but a foot in the bucket is when you're a batter, it's really, it actually gets into the mechanics of baseball. It's, it's going to be hard to describe, but when you're a batter and you're getting ready to swing, you step towards the pitcher. You step towards the pitcher and swing so you can get more power on your swing. And some players step towards the pitcher, but also a bit to their left if they're a right-handed hitter. So if you're a left-hand, if you're a right-handed hitter, imagine you're a right-handed hitter. So that means that you're standing on the left side of home plate. And then you step forward with your left leg, but instead of stepping directly forward, you step slightly also to the left. That is putting your foot in the bucket. And if you're a right, if you're a left-handed hitter, it's just the opposite. So you step forward with your right leg, but also a little bit to the right. And that's called stepping in the bucket. In baseball, one of the best baseball players ever was known for stepping in the bucket. So Ted Williams was a player on the Red Sox and he was one of the best baseball players ever, but he had this really strange habit where he would step way out to his right. He was a left-handed hitter. So he would step out to his right as he swung the bat. What does this mean in terms of conversation? I have no idea. It is close what you were saying. So in normal conversation, to say that someone had a foot in the bucket, it would mean that he acted, he or she acted in a timid fashion. That basically, as you said, that instead of going straight ahead towards the, uh, the danger, they would take a step back. That's it. Okay, well... I think that's another half strike because I knew the baseball side, but not the, not the conversational side. So I, I'm up to two and a half strikes. Uh, so I'm kind of, kind of on the edge now. So Ethan, you, you're doing pretty well. You just have two strikes but you're really close to, to a home run. You're going to be successful if you can tell me what is a rally cap. A rally cap. Okay, yeah. So this one I actually do know. For some reason, when a baseball team is, a baseball team is down by a lot of runs and they need to come back, it's called a rally uh, sometimes. Um, when they're down and then they, they come back into the game and take the lead, it's called a rally. And for some reason, when a team needs a rally, the fans turn their their hat because when you're a fan and you go to the baseball game, you also wear a hat. You turn your hat inside out and put it on your head inside out. And it's called a rally cap. And then this one is used not so often outside of baseball, but it's also used sometimes in baseball if you're trying to come back from something. So again, to go back to the business parallel, unfortunately, if you're having a really bad year at your firm, if your company's doing really badly, and they need to make a lot of money in the second half of the year, for instance, might say, okay, they might say, okay, everyone put your rally caps on, which doesn't mean they actually want everyone to put their hats on inside out, but they mean to say, okay, everyone, we need some good luck and some good, some good mojo and some good energy to help us make this comeback. Ethan, your performance has been uh, outstanding, but now it's time for the last three idioms. And uh, let me tell you that they're going to be pretty tricky. Do you know 
what a Mendoza line is. Okay, yeah. So, so this one again, I agree. It's very tricky. I do know what it is. I warned you. I am a very passionate baseball baseball idiom fan. But uh, the Mendoza line comes from a player on the Pittsburgh Pirates from many decades ago. I don't know how long ago. Maybe the fifties. I want to say. But there was a player on the Pittsburgh Pirates who his last name was Mendoza. And he had a batting average. Remember, we talked about batting average earlier, but he was a very consistent hitter at 200. So that's one out of every five at bats, he would get a hit. And he basically was, his his batting average was always around 200. And so the players in his locker room or the players on his teammates would check their batting average in the locker room because the team would put up their batting average in the locker room so the players could check and name they would put them in order of who was hitting best to worst you could check if you were doing well if your name was above mendoza or below mendoza because mendoza just always hit 200 so if you were above mendoza you knew that you were hitting above 200 and if you're below mendoza you knew you were hitting below 200 now in conversation and in baseball as well the mendoza line means like the point of acceptable performance. So if you're below the Mendoza line, you are really doing a bad job. But if someone says, oh, you're you're at the Mendoza line or above the Mendoza line, it means you're doing well enough, not not great. You're not hitting a home run. You're not hitting a grand slam. You're not batting, batting a thousand, but you're doing just well enough if you're above the Mendoza line. Okay, let's go with the, with the second curveball. Please tell us what is an offer. An offer, yeah. So this is when you don't get any hits in a game. Uh, so if you have five at-bats and you don't get a hit in any of them, then you would say that you went zero for five, or you would say you went 0 for five. And if you dropped the five from the end or however num- number of at-bats you had, it would just be over, right? So an over is when you're really doing badly and you don't go get anything. And you see it used outside of baseball whenever someone just doesn't achieve any of their goals, basically. So, for instance, if you went fishing and you were out fishing for the entire day and you didn't catch any fish, you'd say, oh, I had an O for today. Yeah. Anytime you're trying to achieve a, a, any, a, something and you, and you don't, don't get any progress at all, you'd say it's an O for. We, we have come to the last final idiom of, of the day, which is murderer's row. Okay, yeah, again, this one is really out of left field, as you'd say. This one is uh, is from the, the dark ages of baseball. So in the 1920s, the New York Yankees had the most, probably the most best baseball team in, in baseball history. And they had these great players. Of course, they had Babe Ruth, who's one of the best baseball players ever and was certainly the best baseball player of that time period. But they also had players like Lou Gehrig, if if Babe Ruth was the 1A player of that time period, then Lou Gehrig was 1B, right? He was this so far much better than any other player in the world. They had great pitchers too, um, but Murderer's Row was their lineup because their lineup was so good that each one of them was like a murderer for opposing pitchers. And to get through them, you had to go through Murderer's Row, right? Um, so this is one where I think the a conversational idiom found its way into into baseball and not vice versa. Because I think in this case, you would have something called murderer's row, right? Which is a super dangerous street you'd have to walk down. And if you 
you might get murdered walking down the street and then trying to face off against this group of hitters was like walking down murderers row because if one didn't hit a home run or at least get a hit off of you the next one might that's really impressive i would like to say to our audience that we did not prepare for this i just uh... i i told you i i really baseball idioms i i really something about them agrees with me i don't know what it is but i think just talking about this when you talk about these the interaction i think between baseball and business and american english i think you really see this this synergy and this maturing of america that happened in the 20th century because in the 20th century of course america became this incredibly powerful country and this huge economy and before that it, it before the 20th century it was more of a rural country it wasn't quite like the america we know of today that was this like this world power and during the 20th century you see the emergence of baseball right so you have babe ruth and these other great baseball players who make baseball a hugely popular sport in america and you also have the emergence of american business right with the rapid industrialization of america and so i wonder if the fact that all of these baseball idioms tend to show up in business is because they kind of emerged simultaneously along with the overall growth of american yeah kind of the overall increasing reach and distinction its distinctness of american culture and language anyway i'm going way beyond my expertise in asserting that but it does seem like there might be something there where these two subcultures of american business and american baseball really came about simultaneously and seemed to trade some and and share some characteristics this is an interesting theory i think and whether it's true or not i could see that baseball and business in america are kind of intertwined i don't know if any other sports had, had this influence on, on language right i mean i think i think you can see in british english there's you can certainly see the effects of cricket and football and uh some of the sports that are kind of considered quintessentially british but the thing is you also have cricket and football to be such a prominent part of other languages also and in american english i mean for a long time not not anymore and not always but for a long time it was really just america sport we just see these idioms pop up in american language or in american english now of course baseball is hugely popular in east asia and in latin america as well but that wasn't true until well past baseball had become the most popular sport in america and now of course baseball is rapidly fading as a cultural force in america because it's not as popular as american football and it hasn't been for a long time and now it's also becoming less popular than basketball maybe i wouldn't say it's less popular yet but it's the trend is certainly towards baseball becoming less popular and other sports becoming more popular so i don't think you'll see so many baseball idioms get into american language anymore i think you'll see more football idioms and more basketball idioms perhaps thank you very much ethan idioms from other sports could be uh, the topic of future episodes right and i think i can do more baseball episodes so don't don't think that you're finished with me yet um <laughs> Thank you Ethan. I learned a lot today about baseball and about uh, American English. And thank you Marcello. It was uh, a great pleasure to talk talk some baseball. Thank you very much to everyone who listened. Please remember to subscribe or follow our podcast and 
do leave us a review if the spirit does move you. Um, Thanks very much, and we will catch you on the next episode.